an entitled Karen tries to haggle down a price estimate that we give her from my business. But my manager simply was not having it, as he put her in her place almost instantaneously, refusing to entertain her attempts to try and get a cheaper price. Here's what happened. So for a bit of context, the software development company I intern at uses a special sheet to estimate the cost of building a certain software for a client. The sheet includes employees working on the project, how long they estimate it will take, and pretty much all the logistics associated with it. After an intern goes around the department collecting this info from the various employees, we then calculate the cost and send it to the client to accept or reject. And since our company is so popular in the area that I work at, we have a pretty long wait sometimes. So if you reject the estimate, chances are you might have to wait for a long time all over again just to request a new one. So the day was slow when this happened, and they mostly had me man the phone and go on coffee runs. Typical intern stuff overall. Then a client calls in, stating that she wants a specific software for her employees so she can more accurately track their work hours. By this point into my internship, I had done at least four or five of these sheets at least, and I was taught by my supervisor how to identify which departments would be needed for which projects. So after gathering the details from the client, I hang up and translate the needs for the employees and essentially explain it in programmer jargon. A half an hour later, I'm done with the sheet and I have checked the calculations three times. So I email the client and I swear not even two minutes later, I get an estimate rejected message pop up on the company smartphone that I was given. She added a reply stating, this estimate is non-compatible with me. So I responded by saying, we are really sorry to hear that, ma'am. Please enjoy the rest of your day. And then I go about my business. Roughly an hour later, she emails the phone again, asking me if that's all I have to say. By this point, I realize what she was trying to do, and I report to my supervisor that this entitled Karen was trying to haggle the price. My supervisor calls Karen's phone and asked her if she would like to have the estimate resent to her so she can accept, and the Karen outright tells her she wants a cheaper price, to which my supervisor tells her the price is non-negotiable and she can either take it or leave it. So the entitled Karen uses her signature move, requesting to speak to my manager's manager. But my supervisor literally simply informed her that she'd get the same response and then just hung up on her. This entitled Karen did eventually call back and even had the audacity to show up to the building just to try and renegotiate the price. But fortunately for us, she was shot down every single time and eventually this entitled Karen gave up. It's always really satisfying to watch when the customers realize that they aren't worth the business they bring when you account for the pain that comes from them. I mean, seriously, the entitled Karen was obviously looking for some kind of argument and the fact that she thought she was going to try and haggle this down to some ridiculous number just to try and steal a deal from this business is actually incredibly entitled. I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into making this type of software, regardless of what the context is. It's not some easy copy and paste job. Like there's a lot of coding and there's a lot of things that go into it. So it's really refreshing to see that this business doesn't bow down to these idiots. Because you know what? Sometimes you have managers or supervisors who have absolutely no spine and they bend to whatever the customer has to say and basically makes any kind of pricing or any kind of policy very flexible and almost non-existent. Like what's the point of having a price if anybody can call up, have a bad attitude, get offended because they don't like the price and then haggle it down to something lower. But thankfully, the original poster's manager did not allow that to happen because this entitled Karen clearly just wanted to get her way, regardless of the time or effort it would take just to fill her request. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My entitled boss expects me to work unpaid overtime, completely 
ignoring the fact that I'm part-time and that I won't be paid if I work any further. So I get malicious and I choose to walk out when my time's up. And needless to say, my manager was not happy. Here's what happened. So I'm a teacher. The principal we had at our school was the kind who got to this position because it was just an easy escape from teaching students. She was a teacher before taking the exam to be a principal, which is pretty common where I come from. And she also did this just to flaunt the little authority that she got from it. One issue that I had with her was about punctuality. She was especially hard-nosed about it, which would have been fine if she weren't herself systematically late to everything. I loathe hypocrites, and it makes our job especially difficult to request students to be on time at classes when the principal was half an hour late at a meeting she scheduled herself with their parents. The end of the year comes around, and it's time for the final exams of the high school students. The students start to receive their convocations for the exam week. When we see the convocations, we're already upset because the time is wrong on purpose. It would tell a student that they need to be there at 7.30 for a four-hour test without even telling them that the test is actually scheduled to start at 8 o'clock and ends at 12 o'clock. A few days later, the teachers receive their own convocations to monitor the test themselves. It's usual to get them after the students, though it was particularly late this year. For us, the scheduled time of the test is correct, but it was mentioned on each of our convocations that we had to be present 30 minutes before the start of each test. I mean, we aren't going to be present at 8 o'clock exactly if the test is scheduled to start at that time. We don't want to screw the students over. We need a few minutes to get the test papers and let the students in the classroom so that we can start exactly on time. But five minutes is enough, 10 at most. And as teachers, we are used to being there simply before class starts anyways. Most of us simply ignored her and came to the exam on time as usual. But a dozen of us decided to comply and we sent her emails tallying up the total number of hours we'd be working that week, adding that half hour before each test. She answered some BS that our tallies were wrong because she wasn't counting the half hour. We let that pass, we complied, and my colleagues declared their overtime. In the end, that came to about 30 minutes of overtime total for doing absolutely nothing, and we still had to get paid. She also did not seem to realize that my email was slightly different than that of my colleagues, and that's because I work part-time, and as such, I'm not allowed to do overtime. The reason for that is because both part-time and overtime are paid more than regular hours, so it has to be either or. Friday comes around, and I've sent a new email reminding her about the upcoming issues, and I still don't get an answer. The last four-hour test starts at 1 o'clock, and at 2.45, I ask my colleague monitoring the room next door, who is also in on the plan, mind you, to cover me for the next five minutes. There's a door between the two exam rooms, and we can stand there and watch both rooms to let the other take a bathroom break or something like that. I go to the principal's office. I remind her that there is a room full of students with two and a half hours left, and I don't know if she's scheduled someone to take over for me, but I've already done all my hours for this week, and since I'm not allowed to do overtime, I'm leaving. Now, as a teacher, I take pride in my punctuality and my ability to finish my teaching exactly on time. I also purposefully timed this one. Just after I told her I was leaving, I look at my watch. It's three seconds until I'm just about having to leave. I look at her face while she gathers her thoughts. In three seconds, she went from confusion to realization all the way up to anger. And just as she's about to answer, it's time. So I turn around and I walk away. She looks at me and says, what are you doing? Stay here. We're not finished. But I answer without looking by saying, sorry, my time's up. My work is done. I'm not being paid to listen to you. And I leave while I hear her half coherent threats. She followed me, of course, but couldn't really talk loudly in the corridors while the exam was taking place. Plus, she still knows 
that loudly berating a teacher in public in full view and hearing of students would be extremely unprofessional, and she's the one who'd be getting in trouble for that. More importantly, I know where I'm going. I pass in front of the classroom I was monitoring in earlier. I thank my colleague, and I point at the professor who's just catching up. She is red as a beet, and I tell him, I brought you the principal. I leave as he greets her, thus intercepting her for me. I learn that she had to monitor the students herself, which really must have set her off because she leaves early on Fridays and she did not want to be there. Next week, obviously, she requested that we had a talk in her office. And when I did that, I went with my union representative. We explained to her that it was not difficult to prove that she was the one in the wrong and that if she wanted to escalate the issue, we would have no problem getting the administrative tribunal. My union representative also made the open threat of a strike that I and those who declared their overtime had the support of the union and the teaching staff. Needless to say, she was definitely in the wrong because this principal simply knew that she would lose. That is a really cool story and I wish where I live, teachers had this kind of flexibility as well as this ability to flex their rights. For context, the original poster is from overseas. I'm not entirely sure what country they're from, but based on the fact that they have a union and they were able to cut out of there without some kind of negative repercussion, kind of gave it away in my opinion. But it really would be nice if we had something like that in the States. And maybe there are teacher unions that could step in and help defend you when you're under some kind of scrutiny for leaving when your time's up. If there is, let me know in the comments below. I'd love to hear about it. But it is always absolutely satisfying to see some kind of upper manager or a principal in this matter get put in their place by their own ignorance. And if she simply read her emails and reviewed who was watching what when it came to monitoring for this exam, she probably could have avoided so much trouble with this as well as avoided any type of future strike from this union. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My girlfriend freaks out and starts sobbing anytime she makes me uncomfortable or sad. And it's gotten to the point where I honestly don't know what to do. So my girlfriend and I have been dating for a few years. And this was honestly always kind of been a problem. It used to be worse and happen more frequently. But it always leaves me shaken. It just happened again. And I feel like I really need advice because I don't understand what is going on. Basically, almost any time she does anything to make me sad or hurt my feelings, she has a complete meltdown, and it turns into me comforting her instead. I genuinely do believe that she's really feeling the emotions that she's expressing and not manipulating me. However, I always come away from it feeling like I just diffused something tragic and didn't get to work through why I was feeling hurt in the first place. I've talked to her about this after the fact, and she agrees that she needs to work on it, yet it still happens sometimes, and I really hate it. 
it. Tonight, I had gotten home from work and was really looking forward to spending time together. We were sitting cuddled on the couch discussing what to do for the evening. She's going to make dinner while I do laundry and then we're going to run errands together. Then she gets a call from a co-worker and a friend that her and a bunch of other co-workers are going to a bar and could pick her up as soon as possible. She immediately accepts this and hangs up and then asks if I want to go too. I'm pretty stunned that she would just throw everything we had planned out the window. But anyways, I'm tired from work and I'm worried about the chores that need to get done. So I just decline. She notices that I'm feeling down and quiet and I just say I'm sad that she's going to be leaving, which is true. But I tell her to enjoy and just to have fun. But she will not let it go. She keeps saying, if you don't want me to go, then I just won't. And I say, I'm not going to make that decision for you. But you seem like you really want to go. But even when I say that, she still won't drop it. I keep telling her it's her decision and I don't really get why she keeps asking me. She then starts crying. I ask what's going on and she snaps at me. She says, I'm only ever here at work and when I want to go out, you just get sad, which I don't even know how to respond to that because I didn't expect it. So I try to carefully say, yeah, I'm sad, but it's not that big of a deal and I don't think it warrants you starting crying. But that ended up being the wrong thing to say. She starts full on sobbing and says I always invalidate her feelings, which really hurts to hear. I'm completely stunned while also being numb at this point. So I just go to the bedroom and lay down. And later she comes in to get dressed to leave. I ask her to sit down for a moment and I try to explain what we've discussed before, which is that it really hurts that she starts spiraling over me being sad because then I have to push my feelings aside just to comfort her. But after I said that, she basically said that she thinks it's hypocritical for me to say that because it's like I'm telling her she's overreacting. Then she starts saying that she's terrible, which is a common trend during these spirals and saying other hateful things towards herself. She's wailing and her co-workers are literally at the door. So I do what I always do and I stamp my feelings out just to comfort her. She left a bit ago and I'm just sitting here feeling like there's a hole in my chest. Like I actually cannot comprehend how it got to this point. Honestly, I feel like tonight's thing is not really a great example either because it definitely didn't start out being anyone's fault, I think. However, there have been times in the past where she really did say or do something to hurt me, even if it's unintentional, and then it led down the same path. Can I please get some insight into this? Has anyone else ever dealt with something like this in their life? I can't wrap my head around this because, again, I genuinely feel like she is not being intentionally manipulative. However, the end result is that I hate expressing negative feelings around her, and I swallow down everything I have to say as best I can. What should I do? This really sounds like a sketchy situation, and it sounds like your significant other definitely needs therapy. It is not normal to start crying and freaking out over such small things. So that behavior is super, super inappropriate, even if it's not intentional and you do believe her. It also sounds like she clearly struggles with tolerating how hurting or disappointing someone else will make her feel. Like it literally goes from zero to 100 pretty quickly. If you're dissatisfied or disinterested in whatever she's doing, like she always has to have some kind of validation from you. So I can completely understand how toxic this would become. But it also seems like you need to break the cycle. Like maybe when she starts freaking out over small things like this, maybe it's time to take a step back and not immediately give her comfort and stomp out your feelings. Like there's nothing wrong with the way you feel. That's not wrong in my opinion. And objectively speaking, it would be near impossible to have a sustainable relationship if your needs are never going to be met simply because your girlfriend freaks out and starts sobbing simply because she thinks that you're upset with her. Like that's not a rational thing for people who are nearly 30 years old to be acting like. But I think at the end of the day, you can't control how she behaves, you can only change what you do. So hopefully you can find some
some kind of solution to this because the way she's acting is absolutely obnoxious, whether it's genuine or not. And in my opinion, if I was in your shoes, I would want to try and get this sorted out because I cannot see this relationship sustaining with this kind of environment. I didn't respect my partner's wishes or boundaries when he needed time to think about our relationship. And as a result, I'm not sure if we're still going to be together and I honestly don't know what to do. So we've been dating for over two months and the relationship progressed quite quickly in that if the circumstances had allowed it, we would probably be living together by now. He was fine with me sleeping over his house as often as I wanted to, as long as there were times when we each had our own thing to do, whether it was work, hobbies, a social life, stuff like that. It still wasn't an ideal situation as he lived with his brother and I did want a little more privacy and space for myself, but whatever. I never felt entirely comfortable there doing whatever I wanted and of course over time, the aim was to see whether we could find a way to live together. The answer was yes at the time, but only when it became possible. So we were eager to see each other all the time in the interim and I suppose that turned into a form of burnout for the both of us. He has ADHD and approaches problems in a very rational way, which he expects from almost everyone. Unfortunately, my emotional side often dominates and most of what I say is deemed as an excuse or justification for my behavior. My behavior that evening was certainly unacceptable in hindsight. Otherwise, I wouldn't have behaved the way I did in the first place. And I do acknowledge that what I did was wrong. I suffer from anxiety, OCD, and recovering ED and PTSD. So I expected him to be there for me, as he always has been. And when he wasn't, I panicked and decided to go over thinking that he'd be okay with it, not realizing at the time that the way I feel shouldn't always fall on anyone but myself to fix or deal with. I had just put an overwhelmingly amount of pressure on him to fix all of my problems. He had repeatedly told me not to go over and that we'd talk the next day, but I didn't listen. So when I arrived, he told me to go home and he didn't let me in. I thought the relationship had essentially ended at that point, knowing he probably could never see me as normal ever again or as a rational person that he would be able to get through to. I apologized the next day and he asked me to give him a few days to think about what he should do. Of course, my anxiety and self-destructive nature kicked in thinking that it was over and that there was no point. So I messaged him every day asking to meet up so that I could apologize properly. I wanted to tell him that I care about him, I love him, and I miss him. He finally agreed to see me briefly today and he basically said that he doesn't know if he can feel the same way that he used to about me. That it's as though I'm a different person and that all of his friends are saying my behavior is definitely a red flag and that it'll only get worse over time. I was a complete mess the entire time and could only really listen. Everything I said did sound like an excuse, though I did say that I felt awful for potentially ruining a relationship that was going well and that I only needed a few modifications here and there. I suggested we give each other space, such as only meeting in public, and the conversation ended with him saying that when and if he chooses to contact me in a few days or even in a week, then we would see each other. I felt so ashamed and embarrassed for how I acted and how little I was able to communicate to him. And also, I'm quite afraid of seeing his friends again, simply because of how they will view me. I don't have much interest in going over to his house anymore, as being turned away, and rightfully so, was traumatic in and of itself. I suppose it's just something I'll have to face for the sake of the relationship if he contacts me again. I intend to keep myself busy and not ruminate over the facts, but also try to explain how not listening was a violation of his trust, as well as his boundaries and rights as an individual. What should I do? In my opinion, it seems like the original poster really needs to pump the brakes. You have been with this guy for two months, not to mention the fact that 
you clearly have some anxiety issues that you very clearly need to get under wraps. Like you're obviously triggered in a lot of ways and you completely ignored his boundaries just to try and validate your own weird sense of entitlement. And honestly, in my opinion, that's exactly what it is. Because here's the thing. Your triggers are your responsibility. You need to manage them yourself. And in my opinion, it is not his responsibility to manage that for you. So when he says, hey, I need some time, you really should have respected that. But I also think he's probably cluing in and trying to give you the soft approach that he's basically breaking up with you. He said that, hey, if I contact you in a week or if I even contact you at all, then we can try and talk to each other. But in my opinion, that's code talk for him saying, yeah, I don't want to be with you. I mean, you're also thinking that, yeah, you would have been living together if the circumstances were different. And I seriously think that's way too early to be thinking about this early in a relationship. So hopefully if this relationship doesn't work out, you can be better in the next one because your behavior truly was not okay in this situation and hopefully you do better in the future. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.